Hello and welcome to the Sports Bubble, the Thursday night show. We've had a few technical difficulties for the past 20 minutes. It's been quite stressful, so stressful I've lost an hour. It just completely fell out there. I was that stressed over here. You had the ball, the was going on. I had the ball, the was going on. <laughs> um, I'd say when Declan Rice spoke up earlier, he didn't have a ball, the was going on, and why he was on again the centre of attention. We'll dive straight into that if you haven't heard. Um, we're going to chat about a little bit what happened with Declan Rice. A wee bit of a laugh at Scotland and uh, talk about MLS. Some big things happening in the women's game this week and a bit of real Oviedo chat. But as I said, Johnny, Declan Rice did not have his finest hour. No, today. he did not. He um, just came back to haunt him like a lot, of, a lot of people's tweets do in a couple of years' time. When you see, it's going to come back and haunt me in a couple of years. Uh, when, we're, when we're rich and famous, we're an actor. Yeah. I don't care. All them spurs we talk about. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree with yeah. And like, Andrew, my best friend, once told Glenn Ferguson to take those F and cheeseburgers out of his socks, you fat F. And <laughs> that's probably going to come back. He tweeted it to him. And that's probably going to come back and haunt the wee man later. later. Okay. Uh, so if you haven't seen it yet, Declan Rice, uh, in 2015, under an Instagram post, had tweeted about uh, one of the Ireland players had scored, scored the winner. I think they were playing Sweden. And he tweeted underneath it, um, basically brilliant, well done, um, up the ra, and then can't wait to we get England, and then a wee like devil emoji. Uh, that was obviously when he was playing for the Republic of Ireland. That has since changed. If you haven't been anywhere in the world of football and seen this, he's now playing for England, playing for West Ham as well, and this comes out. That's not a great look for Declan Rice. Couldn't be any more English. <laughs> playing for West Ham and Switzerland from Ireland playing for England and then telling everyone how English he is sure listen to my accent and then this to come out <sighs> he's a twat he, I know yeah, as well what is he 20 now so that's why he was 16 coming 17 so he's still a youngster um, but ha but it's, it's so weird like even, even though he was born and raised based in England for an English man quite and say up the rail what is that about it's, just, it's, it's, it's a strange statement even to come out with. Like, um, and I don't think even the FAI would want their own players saying that either. No. Even like if it was a senior international, I don't think anyone would want them saying that, um, regardless of what you believe. But just for that to come out, it's it's sort of stink. Remember Andre Gray had said something? He'd said uh, he'd made a homophobic slur uh, years ago when he was younger. And then he went and scored a winner against Liverpool when he played for Burnley. So the Mad Scousers went tra- uh, tracked and traced uh, um, a tweet he'd made a homophobic slur about when he was a youngster. And of course he ended up getting, I think he got banned for it and he got fined as well. Um, so yeah, you need to be careful what you tweet out there, folks. Uh, or put on the gram, because it's come back and haunt you. Uh, I don't really put on the gram anymore. No, I don't have it either. Or Snapchat, I'm all off. Uh, and then another sort of, uh, just to make things worse for people, or... I bet the Scottish fans are all laughing at this thing, and yeah, yeah, look at that. So they go to Kazakhstan at half two today, and English to our British time to play, and they get beat three uh, nil. Apparently, they were. I didn't. I only see bits and pieces of the game, but what I heard on the radio, they were absolutely shocking. <laughs> I didn't see any. Obviously, we were, everyone was working, but um, I saw it on Twitter during a break in work, and a colleague of mine pointed out what the score was, and I could not for life me believe what was happening. Kazakhstan, 117th in the world, gone up to 40th, and I've had a decent result uh, results lately, and I've started to play pretty pretty well. I obviously like their 
the super here with Andy Robertson. He's got an obsessiveness too. But to get beat three 0 away from Kazakh- at Kazakhstan is not an ideal start to Euro qualifications. No, there's some Scottish fans on the radio saying earlier on that they're they're qualified. The European group's over already, and it's only the first game. I think like, that's, that's a bit early to be saying things like that. Like an Ireland, who's in Scotland's group? I can't recall. Um, I don't think it's that difficult. I don't think it's like like Northern Ireland have Germany and Holland. Uh, and like the Republic have two decent teams that have been in the World Cup, Denmark and Switzerland. That won't be easy. I don't think Scotland have two big-ish teams. They probably do. I've just forgotten. I don't th- I'm not sure who it is. I can Google it now. I actually see who it is, but I'm not 100% sure on it. Um, but that is not an ideal start for them at all. And Alex McLeish is probably under a lot of pressure now, I thought. Yeah, considering how bad a form Scotland were in there over recent years. They seem to have been turning the corner. Yeah, and then they turned the corner, and now it seems they went they went back again to the crap they were doing before. But then again, that's because obviously, like you said, on your own, I Superman, um, and also as well, producer Matthew's back tonight. If you can hear the wee sniffles, uh, the big man's dosed with the cold. Unfortunately, God love him. But the big bear is behind the camera tonight, which is balls and the whole thing up on us. Um, so uh, we might have a video for you later if you listen to the show. There might also be a YouTube video. We might not. Uh, I'm just trying to find this group here, but my laptop's frozen. Well, they won't have a group that should qualify from. As always. Quite easily. Um, Scotland. Oh, uh, Russia and Belgium, actually. Yeah. I think they're playing now and they're 0-0. Eh, no, you wouldn't have thought they would. Russia and Belgium. I wouldn't have given Scotland much hope to come out of that group. No. But then there's no like 300 teams in this Euros or something that. Ah. Oh. And you can qualify through the Nations League and I uh, so it's a bit They're of a change. Bloody everything. It's just terrible. Football's just going down. Yes. And that is a nice segue into what we're going to talk about next in the MLS because we were talking this morning about how uh, FIFA wanted to introduce MLS teams and make sure MLS teams are in the Club World Cup. Yeah. They want to increase it to a summer tournament. I don't know it was, like 16 teams or something silly. Yeah, they're looking to increase it to three times the amount of teams are in for whatever reason, because, to be honest, the Club World Cup's a little shite anyway, so... They're trying to push for this European Super League and then just basically defunct internationals and it's going to be all club. So, like what, if, what if there's a World Cup that year or European Championships? Like, yeah, they haven't... Reserve team players playing this dozy tournament. Yeah. But nobody's going to want to play him. Let's be honest, the MLS teams aren't good enough to play in the current tournament. What hope are they going to have? Like, we're going to talk about the MLS tonight, and they have, that's a good point because none of the, an, an MLS team has not still not won the CONCACAF Champions League mm-hmm. yet. It's been going, I think, from 1968, but then they've changed it a bit now in the last, say, 10 15 years, they've changed that Champions League type format. Um, and even this year, there's a new format in which they've brought in. Now, Sporting Kansas, they were going quite well in the MLS there in the semi-finals. But we had, like, last year, Toronto, who won the MLS, they got the final, but then they were beat by, I think it was Guadalajara. And the MLS, you can see it now in Sky. Yeah. Uh, if you have one of your wee uh, streaming boxes, unless you're those three lads that got done in the day by the Premier League and are facing 17 years in jail, if you have one of those, you'd be able to see every match, which every household, apart from this one, I... I buy the rules, please. Um, they all apart from the dark prince. <laughs> apart from the dark prince, yeah. Um, they all uh, you can see every game, and uh, and they're all at reasonable times. Unlike the other American sports, where I mean, you're both fans of basketball, it comes on quite late. Yeah. The MLS has got like a big kick in. Uh, 
repeatedly over the last couple, over a number of years, like because it's soccer in America and those Americans don't know how to play it, and their football is American football and blah blah blah. But then we started seeing players going to it, and the first one that probably brought such a an emphasis on it was when Beckham went to the LA Galaxy, yeah. because then everyone was like, okay, all right, and then all of a sudden you see LA Galaxy shirts all over the place. I remember two lads in school having them or whatever and different things. I do. There you are. It might have been you. Um, <laughs> and then you've got other players like Robbie Keane then went to the Galaxy and you've had nice laughing. Everybody's there in the next start to the Galaxy. You've Wayne Rooney who at times at Everton looked like he was gone and he's passed it. He's gone to the MLS. It's just this weekend he scored a hat-trick and he assisted one. DC United, his team are absolutely flying. They're top of the Eastern Conference. Haven't conceded yet. Scored seven goals and like seven points. And it, get, it does get a bit of a bad rap as if it's not a great league. But if you watch and you sit down and watch a game, it's actually quite technical. Yeah. And there's some very good players playing it. Like, if you look at like, even the likes of Robbie Ray Phillips, uh, you know, the Red Bulls, he's made a great career for himself. I think. Yeah. I think he's like one of the top goal scorers ever in NLS history. Yeah. So like, obviously his dad and his brother done well in the English leagues, but he didn't. Obviously he, moved, he went and got a career elsewhere. And there's nothing really wrong doing that. And one Pablo Wagengal went out there towards the end of his career and he was absolutely banging for the Red Bulls too. Like, so. what, what what the league probably, and I'm sure MLS fans that are watching the show, people that know a bit more than us, everyone seems, well, everyone keeps saying that what the league needs is like a superstar to go there while he's building his brain. Mm-hmm. Um, which is probably fair enough. Um, but this, the remaining South American player of the year was Pity Martinez at River Plate 2 1, the Copper America. Um, he signed for Atlanta United, who won the league last year. Yeah. He went there as their big design, uh, designated player, it's called um, Player This Season. Now, he hasn't hit the ground running yet, but he's a brilliant talent. He's in the Argentina squad. He was tipped to even go come and play in the bigger and better leagues in Europe, but he chose to go to Atlanta instead. So it's yeah. sort of, that is a good sign of progress. And if you look, if you, there's brilliant things on YouTube, MLS, the movement it's called, where it follows different sections of different groups of fans every week and gets you to see what, what it's like in that city. And there are times where you look at it and it's like a bit of a hipster movement, but there's people that are really starting to care about it now and they're getting 20, 30,000 at games, 40,000 at Atlanta, selling stadiums out. It's only a matter of time before America cracks or as they call their soccer mm-hmm. and then I think the rest of the world will be like oh right oh, okay hang on here there is something going on and I think when you see over here we only see them videos like I think it's the Seattle fans where the guys going absolutely berserk Seattle <laughs> yeah like stupid shit like that but you know I think it was uh, Los Angeles Football Club the new team that. LAFC yeah. yeah I think there was a video that uh, keep going around Twitter recently and I showed them and was nuts. It was like something, you know, Borussia Dortmund. Like, yeah, yeah. So, you know, don't base it all off these dozy videos, see of Detroit fans or whatever the hell you're saying. Like, you know, it's actually they're actually alright. They're not the worst. Yeah, I'd love to go to a couple. Yeah, I've got a chance to go there. LAFC have um, probably the best player in the league. I think I mean Carlos Vela, who's went there from Real Sociedad, yeah. still in a bit of his prime. Was that Arsenal obviously as a youngster? Good finisher. Um, yeah, very good, and he's. He's really making a name for himself in that league, and he's one of Mexico's best players as well. And that sort of showed there was a lot of players from MLS playing with that Mexican team, playing for Costa Rica and Panama, and they all got themselves to the World Cup mm-hmm. and put in good performances. So that league definitely <clears throat> is something I think we should all, as football fans, pay more attention to. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be quite 
It's going to annoy quite a few people, but I'd rather sit down and watch the MLS game than an SPL game. Yeah. I think it's better. Yeah, I, I can agree with you there, to be honest, yeah, because the SPL is terrible. Um, like I said, the US fans actually care now about their But yeah, like I've always liked the Red Bulls, even before <coughs> they went there, before anyone says I like them before they went. I just like their colours. Suppose it is like Arsenal, except it's kind of the opposite way about it. But mm. it's not a bad league, like you say. You know, there are some decent games, and everybody loves to hate New York City. Just because they're owned by Man City. Yeah. Pump so much money into the games. They had David Villa last year, he's been yeah. going They have um, Mitrojevic, I think he's called, this uh, Romanian striker, please say. And they had Pirlo as well at the start. So they did have Pirlo, yeah, and the Frank Lampard was out yeah. there too. Fat Frank was there, really. Fat he Frank. was, definitely. Yeah. Um, Seattle's uh, Sounders are quite a decent team too. They're leading the Western Conference. Nine points, three wins from three. Uh, you remember Lodiero, Nicholas Lodiero from Uruguay that played for Ajax years no, ago? He's out there, he's like their star man. He's a bit older now, but he's still knocking goals in. Like, uh, yeah, as you would. As you would, yeah. And, like, you were talking about LAFC there. I think it's their second year in the league. Third year in the league now. Um, so they're an expansion team, uh, which is basically, there's no relegations in MLS. Um, and they're trying to grow it. Inter Miami are starting. No, it's backwards. Too. Yeah, next year or the year after they're coming into it, and there's another two teams to come in as well. They're trying to grow the league at the minute. There's uh, 20, 26 teams, maybe? And they're going to grow it to hopefully going to aim for 28, 30 teams. So it's quite decent. It is getting yeah. much better. But that thing from FIFA is a bit strange that they're going to just allow an MLS team or teams to come and play in that without properly. Um, yeah. being rewarded and I think a lot of MLS fans they're, they're all sort of creating if you listen to their podcast which I haven't listened to there's one called Extra Time which is about MLS by MLS and um, they're craving for that first Champions League when it must be quite uh, frustrating that because their players are so well paid the league's getting so much bigger it's getting so much popular it's uh, shown worldwide now and they're still getting done in by Argentinian or Panaman, Panamanian teams every yeah. time they go and play in the Champions League just the thing is, the MLS teams are restricted to, I think it could be three top earners, something like that. Four designated players, or three, yeah, yeah, that they can pay stupid amounts. You could pay someone like, plus their, uh, their transfer fee, say like 30 million, right? And then I could be in the squad and they could pay me 25 grand. That's the difference in it. Like, and yeah. it's also as well, the teams aren't separate entities, they're all owned by the MLS. Like, NFL teams and NBA teams and MLB teams that's the way they work at American sport there's a draft as well it's quite interesting if you look at it the way it's yeah. done it's part of me when I was reading about it today and seeing that it's owned by the league I obviously am not a big fan of AFA I've said it's poor I think they're a bit really a no, or the Premier League whatever you don't know how to trust but it'd be quite interesting if we were our teams were all owned by a league to see how it works for like in you couldn't go out and spend two hundred million or whatever. Monthly would be allowed to do that, and all, everything functioned back in. There will be certain, you know, fan clubs that would want that. Like Man City fans, obviously wouldn't. Mm. But like Arsenal fans don't like their owner for the obvious reasons. I know what it is. Man United didn't like their owners. Still don't really. Still don't know. Maybe uh, I think even Liverpool on the stage. They were the previous the owners. Yeah, John Henry got a little bit, but. Um, now with the way the wages now are going in Europe, you know, that'd be something like that. You know, wage caps and designated players, like some some sort of idea like that might work over in Europe because it's just getting out of hand. Aye. And teams can't can't compete with that, like especially the world eight teams. 
They just go out of, go out of business eventually. Yeah. I think uh, that's interesting. One of the things I sort of think about if, if Liverpool are to win the league this year is what will the likes of Manchester United, Manchester City do next year in the summer transfer window? Because as, as well as Liverpool are doing, and I don't, I don't want to talk about Liverpool too much tonight, we can't compete really like on a, on a money scale. We just can't. We cannot compete with the Man City, PSG, even Manchester United, Real Madrid. We can buy certain players, but we have to sell players for like, yeah, first. Yeah, sustainable model. Ours yeah. one the exact same, but the thing is, the difference between Liverpool and most other clubs is their, you know, their fan base, their, you know, merchandise that they sell all around the world, you know, they're massive for that. And that's probably where a lot of their money comes in from. The likes of, say, Chelsea and Man City, who don't have as big a fan base worldwide as Liverpool and Manchester United, but, you know, if, if these laws really are implemented, you know, like Arsenal have always been self-sustainable. If Chelsea had to be self-sustainable or Man City, they would probably struggle, at least for a couple of years until they get themselves on their feet. Like, and that's probably where the gap could be closed at the top of the table. But it needs, it definitely needs to come into play because it's just getting out of hand. Yeah, Especially Man City, they're just getting away from it. We'll, we'll probably do a show on that as well, talk about that uh, deeper at some point, because that is a good topic to talk about, like and how mad and how losing, how much football is losing the run of itself. Yeah, maybe MLS can be, you know, we can look at that, or sorry, English leagues, European leagues can look at that and say, well, there's an idea we can use over here yeah. to stop this kind of crap. Um, but some good news in football this week was so many, so much positive positivity around the women's game. Yeah. We had a world record uh, club attendance um, between Barcelona and Atletico Madrid of 67,000. You can't even get 67,000 to go watch Liverpool play. It's crazy. It is absolutely daft. That is an unbelievable... For any sporting occasion, that is an unbelievable uh, size of our capacity, our crowd. Even mm-hmm. that's a regulation game, like it's a normal league yeah. game. It's not even a cup game, some semi-final. It's not madness. Yeah, um, there's a. I was reading something Eddie Olivo was writing earlier today. Uh, Juventus are doing the same thing this weekend. Where Juventus ladies are playing Fiorentina at the top of the league. There's a point between them, so that's at the Allianz Stadium, and all the tickets are free. So they're hoping, they're hoping they can fill that stadium out and make it similar to last weekend. And then obviously there was the announcement, was it yesterday, of Barclays are now sponsoring the Women's Super League. So The first time that the Women's Super League has got yeah. a proper type main title sponsor, yeah. which is unbelievable like, news. Like it is. Like, I was looking, like the Women's Super League, I, I need to watch more of it, put my hands up and don't, don't watch enough of it. Big game on this Sunday. Arsenal-Chelsea? Liverpool-Arsenal. Oh. It's on BT Sport. Um... Arsenal ladies, or sorry, women, sorry, are going for the league. They have two games in hand, three points behind Man City. They haven't won the league since 2012, so big game for them on Sunday. And they're doing really well this year, to be fair. And they've had a couple of players missing through injury, long-term injuries, like the normal men's team. Like, so, yeah, hopefully they can push on and do it. And Definitely. Second them Man City ones, by they're not winning either league this year. <laughs> um, and then we get beat by a team in red. <laughs> I was looking at it, and I was looking at the fact that there were 67,000 at the Wanda Metropolitano for this game. And then I was looking at the tennises in the Women's Super League in England, and the average attendance are about 1,600, 1,700. But then you look at where they're playing these games, and yeah. they're playing them at, like, Irish league size grounds and different things, and you think like that. What they've done at um, Turin for the Juventus Fiorentina game, free tickets. Yeah. Like if a if a club just uses an initiative and does that one off, you don't know how many fans you get then coming back. So they're gonna enjoy it. Yeah. You get younger girls wanting to get involved in it. Younger boys watching, thinking, 
But man, I want to go and play over Liverpool here at this stadium. Definitely, you know, you say for Arsenal, if that Arsenal game with the Emirates, it'd be massive, but they haven't took that initiative to go and do it yet. But yeah, it's brilliant. Like a really couple of unbelievable couple of good days for the women's football, which and women's sport in general, because the Telegraph now have a designated ladies or women's sports editor, and they're going to cover um, more women's sport, which is absolutely fantastic because we talk about it even offer all the different women's sports. I'm talking about like, like Katie Taylor and, and different things like Kelly Harrington and the boxing. And it's not covered enough. It's definitely not covered enough. It's one thing we at the sport level want to do more of. We want to get more involved in it during the summer as well because the the World Cup's coming up. And um, I think that's in June. Yeah, National Sky Italia actually announced this week or the last week that they're showing all the games from the latest World Cup. And I think BBC are planning to do the same. So. That's another big thing for England have a great chance, like, yeah. to be fair. Phil Neville, as much as I don't really like him, he's doing a brilliant job with him. But it's a good squad, he's inherited too, like, yeah. not taking it away from him, it is, they are a very good team in the national team. Um, and you look, like, Tony Duggins at Atletico Madrid, uh, Locos at Juventus, Juventus yeah. brilliant. Um, thanks for the girls, like, they played the one in the Metropolitan on front six, seven, eight, the Scouts have scored against Atletico Madrid last week, too, for Barcelona. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's very positive for ladies football. And even uh, I remember going to watch Northern Ireland play the Republic at Moorview Park in Lurgan. Maybe last year or the year yeah. before, and I think it was free in that day as well. But it was great going in to see that there because like we got to watch like Keenan Cabe and Louise Quinn who play for Arsenal ladies. So like you know playing to be there in Lurgan playing a game was just great. And there was actually a decent turnout for Northern Ireland. Republic of Ireland get that many. <laughs> But yeah. no, that's what he expects in more view. So, uh, but like, yeah, like that, they need to do more things like that. They need to get kicked off, off the ground, like because, like, there's a lot of really good players out there that play in women's game, and they're just, I know, men are just kind of like the way they are. They're just stuck in their own ways, and until that's kind of died out, and people can appreciate that there are good women's footballers, and the standard of women's football is actually really, really good. You know, just need to move on. Yeah, it's kind of like, time, like it's kind of like. Sectarianism, racism, and all that's going on over in England, especially as well in Scotland, Northern Ireland, you know, need to move on the path that, like, just wise up. I, just... I think, as well, like, um, a lot of the women's sports is sort of men have, like, they're still, I don't know what the right proper word for it is, harnessing isn't the right word, but they, they put shackles on it. The likes of, like, in the boxing, the likes of the rounds and stuff, two minute rounds or whatever, and I think I'm right in saying that, because your is in the two minute rounds. He's just laughing. I think, I think you're uh, like in tennis, men play the best out of five, and, and the ladies play the best out of three. three. Yeah, and it's like, come on, like, like we can move on now. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Serena Williams is one of the greatest athletes of all time. Yeah, tell me she couldn't play a game of tennis for five sets. Yeah, they need to move on. And in football, it doesn't seem to be that. It doesn't seem to be those. The rules all seem to be the same. Like, quote me if I'm wrong. Like, but even rugby, you you ever seen years ago? Uh, all these burly men saying they shouldn't have women tackling each other in rugby which is obviously a complete nonsense Yeah. and good luck to them now if they should take on the England or Irish rugby team ladies team in, in a game because they get killed but, <laughs> uh, but do you know what I mean and, and it's good that we are moving on to society and, and that's a really positive good week and yeah. we'll follow the ladies world cup mm-hmm. obviously uh, with, uh, close, uh, keep close eye on it and talk about it every week and we might do videos and all that as well and Probably do a draw too, like like we did for the men's cup. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, like you were saying, I don't understand why, like this weekend, why Liverpool ladies can't play Arsenal at Anfield. Yeah, that's but what I'm saying. The, yeah. men, the men aren't going to be there. Yeah. So like, 
And the keys was like this, I don't understand why you can't play in the big stadiums, but you know, that's not our decision to make. But, no, but if it was, we know what we'd be doing. Yeah, well. And I put it, that's a, getting to go to Anfield for free. That'd yeah. Be unbelievable. Like, there's a lot of youngsters there that never been to the Emirates or been to the Albion Stadium or Anfield or Old Trafford, you know, because their parents just can't afford to bring them. Yeah. So like, there's an opportunity that them in for an experience. Class. And um, good luck to the girls anyway. Liverpool aren't going for the league, and I don't really want Man City to win all the league, so probably will go for Arsenal on that one on Sunday. <sighs> so on BT Sport, keep an eye out for it. Um, there's a huge game on Sunday though, not an international one. There's a massive game in Segunda. I mean, <laughs> earth-shattering game of football here. Big Derby. Um, Real Oviedo, almost. They're playing all. They're playing their most hated, hated uh, rivals in Sporting Ehon. Now, there's again the difference to this is not just because it's a big derby. So basically. It's Liverpool, Everton. Well, not City Rivals, but it's like close enough. It's big. Well, like United, Liverpool, something like that. Yeah, not cities, but like, you know, they just don't like each other. Yeah, yeah. The regions that really, really, really hate each other. Yeah. Um, like Sheffield United and Leeds on Saturday was there. Yorkshire. Yorkshire. <laughs> um, so, Oviedo are sitting in the eighth of the minute. They're 47 points. A win and two results go their way. They'll end up in sixth uh, in the league, which is massive back in the playoff spots. Sporting Ehon are behind them there in 42 points, so not only with a win, plus it's away, it's in Ehon, so which is winning at, you know, you want a league title, uh, well he didn't personally, but Arsenal want a league title away at Arlene, you know what it's like to win a derby against, Twice. Twice, against Twice. your biggest rivals, right, at their ground, so <laughs> even just winning a derby at their ground, it always feels sweeter, I always say, beating Manchester United or Everton at their ground is better than winning yeah. at home. Winning the league at Old Trafford was nice too. Uh, I remember that day, actually, in Will Torch jump. So they can, not only can they win that, win a derby, gain better more momentum, because it's a massive, massive win against Gymnastic 2-0 on Saturday there, but they, or Sunday morning, sorry. They can also completely, more or less, chin Sporting Ehon's chances of playoffs. They're like, a good form. Yeah, they're a wee bit of a dip. They, well, they drew with... Um, Albacete, but then they were playing and they drew with uh, Lugo and Real Mallorca beat them one now, but Mallorca flying. Yeah. Um, that was sort of expected. It was away as well. They didn't really, they didn't, nobody expected them to get a result there, but they bounced back and they're still within touching distance of playoffs. Oviedo in the past couple of years had a, a history of just constantly, he said the history of the Oviedo, Stalin, um, with Giorgio Chiellini came out there stalling in the last couple of weeks and getting wrecked before the playoff and not made a playoff so fingers crossed I can really make, make a push on there is international football this week as well uh, will you be watching any of it Jonathan? Um, I might, I might watch the Northern Ireland games to be honest I actually read a tweet from a guy that I'm quite friendly with we went over to Arsenal games and he tweeted up saying you should support a smaller country because you really enjoy international like a lot more he goes to not all Northern home games like and just loves it. It's a great day for him. You know what? Um, he's probably right. You know the fact is like over in England, it's probably harder for them to support the national team because there's so many players from teams that they do not like. Like you get like I think all the lower league sport um, fans that will go to the games because they don't really care about like if Harry Kane's playing or whoever. Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought that's actually quite right. Like I suppose if you go to sport in Northern Ireland over here. It's a lot different because the atmosphere of a Windsor Park is bouncing and it's weird. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I definitely can see his point and fair enough. I'm going to the game on Sunday night against Belarus. So you'll all be here holding fort, which is frightening. Um, <laughs> I'm missing the game tonight. I was going to go tonight, but I'm not at it. The Red Shaws, like my, my best mates, the brothers, they um, they go to all the games now just away tonight. And I've been to a few of them 
few with him. And it is, the atmosphere at Windsor Park got much better than what it used to be years ago. And it is a good day out. Yeah. It's supporting your country, I suppose. And actually being more sport in the country that you, you want to support. Um, the stadiums. It looks unbelievable. Yeah, it does. When it's packed, like Windsor Park is good crack. Even the outside of it now, it just looks like a proper football ah, stadium. Yeah, 100%. The Republic of Ireland also they played Gibraltar. Uh, I think that is. Is that Saturday? Sure. I think it's Saturday they're playing Gibraltar. Um, they, have a, they have a tough group too, obviously, with Denmark and Switzerland. Big mix back as well. Um, trying to fire the boys up. So I'll be interested. I'll keep, I like, I, I've said before, I'll keep saying it. I follow both teams with a bit of interest and you want to see both teams do well. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. As International Week as a whole, I don't really enjoy it. No. Um. As far as I'm aware, two Arsenal players are really got injured on international duty, so... Who was this? Aaron Ramsey's injured. <laughs> uh, but apparently it's not long-term, he'll be back in a week or so. Probably less. He might make the next game for Wales. And then uh, Socrates got injured for Greece. Oh no! He got injured in training, but I think he will be okay as well. By the time Arsenal's next game comes around, who flew out to Dubai earlier today? Left friendly. The, no, the actual Arsenal team. Yeah, to Dubai, better friendly, so huh. against um, I can't remember. I know Negredo plays for. Oh, right, okay. Uh, just find that out today. Don't know who that is. Do you remember Negredo? I know Negredo is, I don't know what team it is. Oh, sorry, the team. Yeah. No, I can't. It was too hard to pronounce. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Uh, I think I'll do this for the Thursday night show. Yeah. Um, thanks for joining us. Patricia Matthew and his big cold. Uh, thanks for coming along. He doesn't say much, does he? Like, he's but when do you No, no. Well, that's probably a good thing he doesn't say anything because yeah. then you just hear him all the time. Well, thanks for watching, um, and thanks for getting involved on social media as well. This week will be more coming out because Brent loves it. Yeah, he loves it. The big social, social media, media man. Now. He's just a big social media head. That's all he is. Um, and as usual, tell all your friends that what about the show? Subscribe to it on your podcast app, and come and join us on our Twitter and our Facebook for a bit of crack. Send us in questions. If yeah, you, if you don't agree with us, tell us. Big time. If you don't agree with anything Johnny says. Let us know. <laughs> All right. Good luck. See you again.